the Streams Podcast. Cross the Streams Podcast. Kip and Kane. Season 4 is here. New content in all our favorite segments like Listen Up, Hometown Heroes, Useless Full Information, Calling Men In, and many more. The Ion Brothers are back, everybody. Cross the Streams Podcast, special 100th edition episode. Kip and Kane here, zooming and recording at the same time. Kane, I own a hundred of these things, my friend. A hundred. That's crazy. That's, That's absolutely crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Do you remember? Like, So today, let's do this first. The setup today, everybody, for the 100th episode, Kane and I will run uh, ourselves for a little while. Then we've got on our Zoom a waiting room of all of our most frequent contributors. So David Gunn from Listen Up, Jack Martino, Useless Full Information, Jeff Matsushita from Calling Men In, uh, the one and only Mr. Eggert, uh, Boy and Rennie coming in from some of our drafts, Crack the Egg segments. So we've got them all lined up. We want to give them all certain times. Uh, but Kane and I wanted to start this thing off, and while you can't see it on your end, everybody listening, Kane, I'm going to share my screen so you can see some of these stats on the work we've done, which is, you know what I mean? Like the 100th episode, 100, you should... 100 of anything is yes, impressive in my you mind, should, right? right. We're going we're gonna to wag our flag a little bit and plant it. I'm pretty proud of us for right, just sticking that, to this for 100 that, episodes. That, that, to me, right there is, says a lot. And exactly what you just said, just sticking to it, being trying to be consistent because everybody can start something. Right. But to continue and try and finish and, and just, just to stay disciplined and stay the course is hard to do, man. It's like uh, anyone out there challenge you to do 100 workouts between now and, and whatever time that you choose on your calendar. Right. Write that down, set a goal and see if you actually get that done. Do a, shoot, do 100 push-ups right out loud. <laughs> Which I could not. I'm telling you right now. Exactly. I'd probably go 25 for you. See how many of you out there could, would sit down and do 100 push-ups if given that challenge. And, and I think it's, it goes a long ways and it says a lot. Uh, and we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit of, of being able to get 100 episodes uh, considering our schedules. Yes. Uh, via what we do professionally, but really uh, not the same token, what we have going on as a family. Uh, it, it's awesome. It, it speaks well for not only our ability to get this done, but also you, you got to give a shout out to the uh, the better halves. Yes, their uh, sacrifices to allow us to to get away for an hour or so to record an episode at any at any given time. And has uh, has Carrie hit you with ever before? Because my we wanted to originally get the wives on to react, but they are actually busy doing things in the world. And it's hard to get them both coordinated where the children leave both of them alone at the same time so they can get on here. But as Carrie hit you with, hey, listen, you know that podcast you guys do? You going to make money on that anytime? <laughs> Have you done a dollar to minutes ratio? <laughs> then I said, babe, consider this therapy. Consider this yeah. venting, you know, connection. Because like the, the, if you look on the screen, we, did, we started this thing on July 4th, 2017. 2017 wow right wow and we're just to see that date see 2017 and now look over and see 2020 yeah that in, in itself is crazy the yeah, go ahead. 10,900 plays of our stuff and now we are well aware that we're not cracking any top 10 lists nationally anytime soon yeah we're not we're not cracking it but i don't think we ever started for that 
Well, almost 11,000 plays of us talking? Not bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you think of that in, in itself is, is an accomplishment, man. 11,000 times that people clicked on this thing called the Cross the Streams podcast and, and actually listen. Who knows if they listened through the whole thing, but they had it running. Yes. Uh, in their yes. Ear, whether or not they actually took anything from it is, is up to them or, or whatever, but... Nah, man, that, that's pretty cool. And you, you look at some of these places in Amsterdam, there's there's six people in right? Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Yes. Federal what are they doing? And what's happening States. in the Netherlands that they want to listen to us? Yeah, the Federated <laughs> States of Micronesia. I've, I've never even heard of that. Yet we've got six followers and listeners over there. That's, that's right? impressive stuff. That's, that's not bad at all. Shout out to our main hosting uh, page, SoundCloud. We're also, as everybody knows... Uh, on the iP- on the podcast app on i on the i what is it iTunes anymore? It's not even iTunes. We don't even know what it's called. We don't even know. Um, but the the stats and stuff we're going over are pretty crazy. I saw on another one the average listening time, Kane, is thirty two minutes. That's a that's a good commitment to us just telling you what we think about things. Or maybe it's more likely like your guests are talking. You two be quiet. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not. That is definitely, I think, a, a big part of this thing, and why we've been able to continue it is, is uh, I got to give you props on the on the production side of things and, and lining up guests in order for us to continue to have episode and have material to talk about. Because I'll be honest, as I've stated on here multiple times, I am more of a guest on this thing than I am a co-host <laughs> at this point, and I will fully admit that. Uh, but I love being the guest, uh, the full-time guest, and, and uh, you, I think you do a hell of a job. Of making sure that we have content all the time and uh i i, I just consider myself the talent of sorts yes yes uh, you know i just come on and, and you tell me what to say not necessarily what to say but what we're talking about right and, um no I, I think it's big time you know what you're like you're kind of like adam schefter or <laughs> the guy you know woge on the nba side like you're not in the studio but the show can't happen Unless we get you on location somewhere, yeah, somehow track me down. Whether and just think about that, man. All the all the different spaces or spots that uh, we've recorded these things in. Oh, I know myself. I've been in hotels on the road. Um, I've been obviously at home. I've been in the office of whether it's the UW office or my, my now my current MSU office. Uh, I've been in a car. Yep. I've been uh, driving. With uh, both my wife and child screaming at me on, on the side. You've been in a Target parking lot was one of your yeah. best ones. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's um, yeah it's it's interesting to say the least the amount of different spaces that we have uh, recorded some of these. I think my most unique space was when we were doing a listen up with David and I pulled over on at a rest stop on I five, sat in my back seat so the audio could be on the minivan speakers. And people were like, are you good in there? Yeah, fine. Just keep, carry on. Carry on. We're doing a podcast here. Doing a podcast. Uh, a couple of ones that like we mentioned before. You know, did we set out to label it as seasons? I don't know if we did. I don't think initially that's, I don't think that was our, there was no talk of that. I thought we were just going to go along the lines of, you know, the Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden, but uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. And, um, try and just, hey, this is episode whatever number. And, but uh, I think the organization of, of the seasons has, has helped and kind of kept us in, in line as far as um, just what we want to accomplish with each season. Right. I think it definitely helped the material and, and helped us continue to uh, 
continue it essentially. Yeah, yeah. The what um, I was gonna say. What part of this? And we want to ask our guests as they come in today. We're going to go overrated, underrated scenes, and we're both drinking a beverage per guest, which I think is appropriate on a Saturday. I got legislation passed for my house to be empty uh, during the pandemic. They're going to go see Grandma and Grandpa, who have been, you know, quarantined safely for long enough, and so have we. So here I am in a house to myself. I don't know what to do with myself. It's quiet. I'm not talking to children. It's unheard of. I see you're in the backyard. You're under a gazebo. I am under a gazebo, man. I, I, I know I texted you and David the other, I think last weekend, actually, as far as the uh, handiwork and the improvement upon my skills as a handyman. Did you have a book, a video, or did you just, oh, yeah. yeah? No, it's, it's, it's a purchased, uh, Costco purchase. Okay. So, uh, from scratch, where we had designs that we laid out and, and uh, went out and bought the materials, raw materials, essentially, and, and put it together, uh, board by board, nail by nail. This thing was, you buy it at Costco, it comes in three different boxes. You take out every piece. There's like a hundred some pieces that you take out of there. They provide you with all the uh, screws, bolts, everything that you need. And then uh, in the end, you've got to follow directions, uh, which we did for the most part. And then we got real arrogant, <laughs> latter part of the build. And we thought that we could just go <laughs> freestyle essentially to finish it up. And in turn, it cost us another probably five hours of work. Oh. What was the telltale sign that the project had gone south? It just was crooked? No, it was, we got to a certain section and we looked down and there was pieces that we realized, wait a minute, those are supposed to go somewhere. And we had already constructed it far enough to where the pieces that were missing from it, there wasn't any way we could put those back on unless we deconstructed it. Oh, we had to maneuver around. I mean, it was, it, it, like I said, we had to backtrack. It was like going down the wrong path on the fork of the road. <laughs> we went the wrong direction. Yeah, you couldn't find a shortcut across. You just yeah, had to exactly. go in reverse. We, and so we backtracked and, and lost however many hours. We were really dead set on, on being able to sit under the thing on whatever night, Sunday night, and have a, a grilled out burgers, hot dogs, and maybe a few beverages under the newly constructed gazebo and we had to postpone that till the next monday morning well i you know i'm still impressed that you got it done in general i am impressed i have uh, done no yard work my kids i've put them to work under the auspices of teaching a year learn work ethic i'm going to be over here not working while you do it but let me let me go here our overrated underrated give me something that's been underrated about cross the streams from when we were in parking lots at our respective jobs saying hey why don't we do a podcast yeah, let's do it. What has been underrated first in your mind? Underrated. I would say for me, underrated is the joy of somebody saying, yes, I'll come on and verifying that they're going to talk with you. And I, you know what I mean? Like, even though some of most of it are people we know, but some of them have been, you know, guests that we don't have a strong connection with. But when somebody says, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. That's kind of, it's, it's not as good as getting a recruit, but it's, you know, it's on the same bandwidth. It's on the same level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, for me, our, the underrated portion of this thing uh, has definitely just been the uh, reconnecting with people that you, you didn't, uh, there was no way that you were going to connect with somebody without this podcast, essentially. Right, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think that part has been really cool. I think the fact that, you know, take uh, you, me, and David getting on this thing once a month essentially for the last however many years yeah that's awesome right that, that 
is such a cool aspect of this podcast is that you get three of us that have not been in the same place at the same time and I don't know how many years. Honestly, 97. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we've been able to connect, reconnect, and reestablish a really good relationship over, over a podcast. Yeah, that's a great and point. I think that that part is definitely an underrated aspect of this that we didn't necessarily go into it thinking that we were going to be able to get that done. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Underrated for me, and this is silly. It's a silly one, but I, it's it's cool. Is when you see your your like you play it either on your car or on some device, and you see it, it looks official. Like SoundCloud or iTunes has put your logo up right, and it looks just like the Simmons podcast. It's not, you know, even though it's not even it's not the same level. But that's a cool underrated thing, and your kids are like, Dad, that's your podcast, you and Uncle Kane's. Yeah, it sure is, guys. Uh, That's a great point. (laughs) The notification that uh, yeah on your iPad deal on your iCloud or whatever podcast app that you utilize the notification of the episode that pops up, like oh. Across the stream, has got a new episode. No shit. Hey, on that same thing, remember you created, we came up with the name together. We, the yep. first logo we used for like three years was like the orange. Do you remember where you got that from? Because you loaded it first. <laughs> yeah. It Google was, search? Uh, it was just a Google search of, of Ghostbusters across the streams. Because that's, and right. for those of you out there that didn't listen to episode one or two or three when we were trying to explain what the, the title of this thing is it came from the original 1980s ghostbusters movie with the original cast of bill murray dan Aykroyd, uh the other guys that i can't name off the top of my head but regardless the quote in there as far as when you can't cross the streams you were told do never ever cross the streams. peter bankman don't uh, cross the streams egon told him that exactly because really bad things could happen and um in the end of it, the end of the movie, they had to cross the streams in order for them to accomplish what they wanted to get done. And I think that overriding theme of this thing, as far as you and I as coaches crossing our streams, essentially as far as football, basketball coaches, crossing the streams of just talking not only sports and coaching, but life, uh, business, politics, everything out there that, that we wanted to talk about, we could talk about on this podcast. And I think that was... Uh, so again, that's the underlying or overlying, however you want to look at it, theme of this of this podcast. And so, googling Ghostbusters, finding a picture of them actually crossing the streams, and then just went to work as far as my unbelievable graphic design. <laughs> underrated. Yeah, is that an underrated our our development underrated. as techno technological savants? Oh, are you kidding me? Like when I was actually part of the production of this thing? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was that, uh, season that was, one and a half. <laughs> That part of it was so fun, man. I, I, I enjoyed that, being able to go back and edit and kind of make the quotes the way you want them to make. Yes. Like it, it's amazing to me uh, the ability that people have in order to take what someone says, cut, paste, edit, and then all of a sudden you got a brand new sentence, essentially. And see, yes. And I know that wasn't that's an underrated thing for you. Overrated for me because I hate the production part. I love the doing. And the mm-hmm. thinking about the questions and yep. the guests and what you know where we take it, but that's why like there's errors in the re- in the playback because Kane doesn't have time to produce it anymore, and Kip doesn't <laughs> edit anything. Kip doesn't give a that's shit. not how Kip <laughs> rolls. That's if not live. You are in. The, if you say it, it is going on. Yes, and if Ava or Xavier happen to pop up, that's not getting edited out, folks. 
It makes it a genu- more genuine podcast. I guess. Yes, I would say this too. Overrated for me, my own voice. No, 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 my own laughter. I cannot stand when I laugh on this thing. I hate it. And I was like, Kip, shut up. We heard you laugh already, bud. That is so funny because I'll be honest, like that's the the only time I got to turn the volume down. Oh yeah, laughing. Yeah, it's me. And I got to turn the volume. Down. Yeah, Kip, shut up, like, Joker. Uh, let's adjust this in volume just a touch. Oh, it's not blowing my speakers out. Yeah, that's me, uh, folks. That's a hundred percent me. That is my overrated. Do you got it overrated? Hell yeah! It's along those same lines, listening to myself talk sometimes, I bore the shit out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it! Can I fast forward through Kane's piece and get to the, the actual? <laughs> there's, there's some of it that's like, okay, that was that was good. Right. Other aspects of it that I'm just like, well, dude. Get to the point already. <laughs> Spit it out, buddy. Like, get to the point already, Kane. I already again. I over went over the top again. But see, Coach Kane doesn't. Coach Kane doesn't have that problem. I've seen you coach. Coach yeah. Kane is succinct and goes and gets right to the point and motivates. Podcast Kane, he just likes to take his time. I like you to know? ramble. Yeah, like, he likes. <laughs> it's just, I'm just gonna talk to talk. Yep. You know, and uh, there's a lot of things. It's funny when you. It's just like. Uh, as a coach, to me, it would be good. And I think I mentioned this before. It would be good. It, it is good. And I've done it before. And I hope coaches out there utilize the tool of either Zoom or whatever app out there to record yourself and record your meetings, record, listen to your, your, how you're speaking yes. and critique yourself. Cause you can, you can learn a lot from it. Hashtag facts. Love that idea. All right. David Gunn is in the waiting room. We're going to let him in, but we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Cross the streams, hundredth episode. Cross the streams podcast is available now via SoundCloud or the Apple podcast app. And be sure to follow us across our social media platforms on Instagram at CTS podcast on Twitter and Facebook at cross the underscore stream. David Gunn is back. First guest from the guest from the waiting room across the streams hundredth episode. David, is it overrated or underrated to be our number one featured guest? Eleven different appearances on the Listen Up side, in three different that we didn't label as Listen Up because we hadn't figured out that you should have your own segment yet. <laughs> so you've had eight out, eight almost nine hours of appearances on the pod, my friend. Wow, that's um, man. I look back. It's humbling. <laughs> on your list of accomplishments in life? <laughs> list of, that's, that's humbling. But I gotta say, like, you know, I think I'm still underrated. <laughs> for the contributions that I have brought to cross the street. And the listeners, I know. And the listeners. The we had Kane was going over. We have listeners in, in the Netherlands, Amsterdam, Micronesia. Yeah. What is wrong with those people's lives? That they're dialing in. We really respect it. Who the hell do you know? Oh, I know from the Indonesia. Who is it? That is me. That's I you? Got that. I got that. What happened? Uh, no, we had some, some neighbors. They moved to Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. So that, that's got to be them. That is all. That's, that's why we, ha- you know, Kane, I had Kane down as like Adam Schefter because I'm always in the studio. And Kane now is on remote, but I can't do stuff. So I, th- I think you're like Woj, or at least like a David Aldrich type that we have to have. I don't know. Where, where, where do you see yourself? Um, I see myself. 
me see. Let me see. Maybe a. Uh, I come in. I come in hot with like Bomani. Oh, Bomani. ooh, Bomani. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yes, making people think, and then you disappear a little while. Yes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> you just be gone. You'd be like, "What happened to that dude?" Then he just. <laughs> Where is? David, before we'll dive into some overrated, underrated questions. How are you guys back open? Pandemic. Last time we talked, we were talking about you know some of the loan stuff. What's because I had one of the best weeks of workouts at home, but it wasn't the National Orange Theory. Our studio here, our coaches are back in the studio doing their own zooms to us, and I was I'm telling you, when I laugh, it hurts because I actually did abs. I actually did real abs again. So what? We're not back open yet. We're uh, the 18th. We'll open up, but the uh, the local Orange Theory right by my house, they started doing kind of an open gym. Okay. So we can't do we can't do classes yet because the the governor out here, uh, even though we were part of Phase One, we could gyms could open up, but they wouldn't let group fitness classes. Oh. Okay. So we were part of that. So that that expires on May 13th. So we're we're banking on and hoping on that uh, that that order or requirement he put on there will expire with it. So we'll be able to open up on the 18th. Gotcha. So they're just doing an open gym. You can just go in there, sign up for a time, get a, a slot, and you just go in there and do your own thing. So gotcha. I've been doing that this last week. I'm telling you, when I was on the hills today, my family left, and I just put on a podcast and went and ran. But I was wishing that I could just be on a treadmill because I could keep it flat. The real it. pavement, man. The real pavement. Real pavement. Get the hell. People are watching me I'm like, too old for that. dude, people drive by me. And they're like, what? Are you sure you want to do this? Like, look at yourself. This isn't fast. My knees, my back. Because like, I've been running every day on this pavement. Like, it's <laughs> But as far as the, the, the PPP stuff, so yeah. I just got an email this morning. So I've been included. I got approved in the second round. So I'm, I'm oh, good to go. Okay. Which is, which is even better that I got approved now because we're getting ready to open. So then my eight-week clock will start. I hire those people. Right. So if I would have got approved, you know, a month ago, I wouldn't have been able to qualify for the uh, the forgiveness unless I would have just wanted to pay my employees to do absolutely nothing. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it actually worked out better for me, even though it yeah. was still a shit show. Right. Yeah. No, right. They had that, that. They had that dialed for you, man. The, the federal government. They, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> they knew what's up. They're always looking out for the people, aren't they? They're like, nah, we're gonna wait a couple weeks, man. You're gonna be better off. Just wait. Hold on. <laughs> oh, but I will tell you this. So, with the EILDL, yeah, EIDL loan, right? Yeah. So that's the one where you get just a ten thousand dollar. Off the rip, right? They just give you ten grand, and then you can get a loan or whatever, right? At like a three point seven five percent loan for X amount of money, right? Yeah. That one's not a, a, a forgive forgivable loan, but they give you ten grand just for basically applying. So I thought it was all like bullshit because I applied this like two months ago now when all this first happened. Yeah. I hadn't heard nothing. Still hadn't heard nothing from the EIDL. All of a sudden, I checked my bank account the other day. I got ten stacks. Oh shit. <laughs> And I still ain't heard nothing from them. Like it ain't like even if you don't get approved, or even if you do get approved and you deny the loan, yeah. They say you still just is they just giving you the 10, 10 racks. So 
it showed up. That's not bad. That's hey, not I'll bad. Hey, so David, on your screen now, I'm screen sharing. This is the Listen Up Tracks. There's your almost nine hours. There's your all over a thousand listens to your segments to date. Okay. Uh, when Kane and I called you and said, hey, guess what we're doing? We're doing a podcast. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? First it was, what the hell are these for? <laughs> um, that, was, that, was, that was number one. Right, I thought it would be uh, strictly sports. Yeah. And just, just bickering and arguing back and forth over sports, just like, you know, we used to do in, the, in your basement. Yeah. That was my initial thought. That was my initial thought. Did you see us going for 100 episodes? Because I'm not going to lie to you, we did give ourselves a pat on the back when we started. We've made it 100. No. no not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> Hey, and eleven thousand times. You both are you both are coaches, and I just know that lifestyle, just how busy it is. So just to be able to to try to continue doing that, and you're both coaches, your fathers, your husbands, like that's a lot of shit going on. David, I was telling Kane that Kelly likes to tell me, "Hey, so uh, hundred episodes, good job. Any dollars? Any dollars <laughs> generated? You know, because she's doing plexus and bringing home five five figures. We do a lot of pods." <laughs> Yeah. We have zero. Hey, we got good laughs. Yes, yeah, I told him it's free therapy. It's free therapy, man. Exactly. David, give me tag on there. give me an underrated aspect of being a frequent contributor to a podcast. What's underrated? What's overrated? Ooh, that's yeah. A question. Kane, I said overrated is my goddamn laugh because I hate it. <laughs> I hate it a lot, and I listen to it a yeah, lot. Yeah, my wife doesn't like it either. Kate. I'm sorry, Janelle. <laughs> It's bad. She's like, I, I don't like listening to Kim's laugh. Yeah, I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. I don't judge her. I don't hold it against her because I despise it myself. Oh, I, I'll tell you this. Underrated is Kane's radio voice. Oh. Kane has a very underrated radio voice. I, I appreciate that, man. And, and I'm telling you, there's there's a part of me that's like, what, what am I doing in this coaching realm? Why do I not get myself going on just the, the radio talk show yeah man slash broadcast and whatever it may be because reality is that's probably going to be a little bit potentially longer lasting and a little bit more uh family uh friendly i guess you could say hey i think you've already had enough success you've had more success as a coordinator than vital had just jump in the booth just be done with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, screw it. Just start Jump judging room, people. He's got a very underrated uh, radio voice. And I think overrated, I'll tell you what, overrated is um, the fame that one would think I would have from <laughs> drawing in a thousand listeners and being on 11 episodes of Across the Stream. Uh, you know, it, it's not what uh, the general public would think it is. Um, 100% right. I think we, you know, because I don't, here's the good thing though, underrated by us, we don't zig just to, just to zig away from the zaggers. We all give our true, honest opinions, and we don't assault a lot of uh, different um, topics that just for clickbait, you know what I mean? Like if we want to talk about dadding up during COVID, we're going to talk about it. Nobody cares, but we want to talk about it. So that's what we do. Absolutely. David, is, does your voice... 
are you used to this like listening back when you listen to the episodes or do you, is there any cringeworthiness for yourself because like my laugh Kane talked about he tends to ramble he tends to ramble <laughs> um I don't know I don't really no I guess when I listen back to myself it's it's not like no, Ken, he's a savant. He's, he's spitting nothing but knowledge. No, no. Not even saying it like that. Not, not saying it like that at all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just, what I say is what I say. What I, what I say is what I mean. Like, at that time, you know what I mean? Even if it changes down the road. Right. At that time, that's what I felt, you know? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. The, um... The, the thing that I, it's been interesting, David, where are some of the unique places you have recalled in from? Because I know you and I have taped with Kane from a hotel room in Atlanta where we had many of the mules in a can. I've called in with you guys from a rest stop on I-5. Give us some of the places you've called in from. So the majority of my call-ins have been on, uh, on the road, on, uh, uh, driving 285, driving back to Atlanta from Warner Robins and going through getting cut out multiple times because <laughs> I lose signal towers uh, and then having to call back in and going through that process. So that's for the majority. I've called in um, at a gas station because I knew it was going to happen. So then I just stopped at a gas station and sat there and, and called in and uh, did the podcast. And when uh, Kane was producing, that was a seamless transition. Nobody could seamless. tell Absolutely seamless. When we Kip is producing, know. we just roll with it and see what happens. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, you gotta get the real. Yeah. Like, no oh, we lost David again. I guess I'll filibuster <laughs> for about ten minutes. <laughs> uh, the last before we let you go, Kane was talking about earlier just the the positives of the podcast, and we talked about an underrated thing was connecting with people. Like it's exciting to have it on the agenda, just because we get to talk again. You know what I mean? And we haven't all existed in the same place since 97. And I think we've probably spent, what, two weddings in the same locale? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, before I saw Kane, when was that? Last year, two years ago. Yeah. I hadn't seen Kane. When was the last time I'd seen you, Kane? I want to say... Uh, Schwab's? Either Schwab's wedding or, or Nick's wedding. A bachelor party weekend. Yeah. It was Nick's wedding. Carpenter's wedding. Oh, that was back in Billings, wasn't it? Which yeah, back in Billings, which was I don't even know what year that was, but it was a good five, six, seven years ago. Oh, it was more than that. Yeah, so it had been a long time, man, since we been we actually hooked up and actually been in person, and and <laughs> I'll never forget that uh, the hell was the place we ended up in in Atlanta. Uh, oh, you I too. The ice bar or something ice, like that. Ice box. The ice box. Ice box, man. We was kicking ice it. Box. Hey, Kip. You yeah. You'd have been hollering at this. <laughs> hey, but it was cool, though, because they was playing cool. nothing but jams. They had cheap liquors. Uh, it was nothing but 90s hip-hop, R&B, and it just brought us right back to every conversation that we were having at the point of that time. It felt like they were playing the soundtrack <laughs> to, our life. Soundtrack <laughs> to our life as we were going through it. It was absolutely perfect. I think that could be a fantastic podcast episode where everybody just brings five songs. And we all try to guess why you brought that song. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, David, well, what not I send you TQ, West Side? Yeah, what happened sad. to TQ? He was talented. Is he the brother that cut off his fingers? Remember, I don't know anybody about 
What? Uh, I'm gonna research it. I'll send the link. <laughs> I just remember he had that little, uh, like little S curl in the video. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. But that video looked dope. Like you, you wanted to be in that video. Uh, David, before we let you go, still make videos. No, I know, right? I they do. The last time I sat down and listened, they're all videos. They just, they just don't show them on TV. Right? They just go to like. Like, if you have, like, Spectrum Cable, they have, like, they got videos everywhere on YouTube and stuff. Like, I don't watch them, but people still make videos. It's a thing. Wait, wait, I gotta, before you get to your question, Kim. Yeah. This blew my mind. This blew my mind. So, uh, my in-laws just moved in with us for a little bit. They moved here to oh. until they find their place or whatever. Right? Okay. But we were talking about something, and they were talking about, to, they asked my daughter to come over to the computer. They were looking at the computer, like, Come on over here and pick out some movies. We're gonna get some movies from Netflix. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean you're getting some movies yeah. from Netflix? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we still get the two in the mail. Mm-hmm. Did you know that they still do that? No, <laughs> no effing way. That's still not their business plan. That's, That's still they. Well, here's the thing. I said, <laughs> I was hollering. I about fell out. I was like, I said that they still do that, and they're like. Well, we never when they when we never upgraded our plan or changed it, so we're still locked in that they get their two videos every single month in the right mail now. or downloads, and they have to and they have to send them back. No, Are you a physical the DVD, DVD in the in the sleeve? <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know what to do with that information. What does your wife say? Like, mom, dad, what the fuck? How do you play them? What do you play them on? Kip, I had so many questions for ten minutes straight. Honestly, that's unbelievable. Sidebar question. Sidebar. They picked out the movies. I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm waiting by the mail every day because I want to actually see them. Remember the little print, the typewriter font that was on the back of the movies that described it on Netflix. Yes. What are we gonna do? All of us have daughters. How are we gonna approach this? As far as the dudes, yeah, when that, yeah, a, you know, Ava brings home David, the girls bring home somebody, and it's been established they're a thing. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna hug it out? I don't know if I'm gonna hug it out. It, you gotta, we gotta get to a certain point in our relationship for us to get. What would that mean, like for I you two? Is he gonna build a gazebo with you two in the backyard together? In order for it, us to get level. You two are gonna be I'm like, gonna, he's gonna have to prove to himself, and then go in with the, the yep. you know, like. The, how, how I, how I greet y'all. Like, that's, right. that's probably what it's going to be. Am I, am I wrong for picturing David pressing this guy at the line of scrimmage? Your daughter's first love. Like, hey, can you get off the line? Then you can marry my daughter. You can't get off the line. Like, <laughs> what, are we do- what are we doing? What are we doing? I always picture the scene in Bad Boys 2. Yes. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And that's one of my all-time favorite scenes. One of the best. Daughter's boyfriend, or really just trying to find a date with his daughter, and that to me, I've always pictured that in my mind. How I'm going to greet my daughter's first boyfriend or first date, essentially. I'm not sure who's going to be there with me, uh, but whoever <laughs> it is, they're going to be on the same page as I am. It they're going to be. Here. It could be a solo action, man. I don't care. I'm going to be. I'm going to make sure he knows and understands where I'm coming from. Will, will, will those with you be in a White rib tank top that are just yoked up. Oh, can we just do yeah. curls and push-ups before they come? Let's do that. Let's just make a yes. pact. There All of go. us puff out. Just puff the fuck out on the day of meeting this person. <laughs> That's my whole uh, 
motivation for working out nowadays, man, is I got to be ready for when that day comes. <laughs> you said I got to be ready. I cast my skill. David. I can't, be, I can't be this little freaking out-of-shape dad bod that opens the door to this dude. I got to be ready, man. David, I'll let you go on this. So we're on the Zoom, right? And our coaches from Orange Theory haven't seen us in three months. And they're watching us rep. So I'm working hard because he's watching. Ryan, the coach, is watching, right? And he goes, Kip, it's 15 reps, man. You did 12. <laughs> Mother- he was right. He's right. Facts. Hashtag- and I was just like, yep. Accountability, man. Accountability. Yeah, man. I worked my ass off. Yeah, I worked my ass off. I like my guy. He's on me. Why, like, you, dude. why do you cheat yourself? Because I'm tired, man. I'm you just cheat tired. yourself? That's what you do? You, it's on the elbow. You know when you're up on your plank and then you go down to your elbows? I don't like yeah. it. I don't love it. I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, my friend. We'll get on later again. Love it. Our most yes, sir. respected contributor, David Gunn. Listen up. <laughs> and we're back. Cross the Streams podcast. We're in our 100th episode. I don't know the word for that. Like centennial. I don't, I don't know the word for that. Kane and I are That's bringing back guess. in order from the Zoom waiting room all our most featured guests and participants that have helped us keep this going since July 4th, 2017. So we just had David Gunn from Listen Up. <laughs> who has nine hours, a thousand listens in his Listen Up series. Next up on our list, longtime friend of mine. We taught together at McKay High School. Uh, I ruined his best team ever by giving him the wrong scouting report for a state tournament game. <laughs> Coach, God, Coach Jack Martino is with us from the useless full information. Coach, before we dive in, let me give you your stats. Okay, Are you ready for All your right, stats right. as a podcast listener, as a podcast contributor? Okay, you've made 15 appearances on the show. David has 16. So you're the second most frequented guest on the show. You have close to a thousand listeners and almost eight hours worth of material on here. I think you're fudging those numbers. No, (laughs) hey, hey, let me show you the screen share, my friend. I deal in analytics, Coach Martino. A lot of people say, a lot of people say you might be the best guest. (laughs) A lot of people respect your voice and your tone, not so much in your irrational loyalty because that only got 45 plays. So, you know, that was was a tough one. But So, Coach, welcome back. Did you think Kane and I could carry this on for 100 episodes? Oh, there's no question. I could listen to you guys all day long. And, And no, I'm serious. I don't get together with Kip enough. So I miss all the times where I can walk down the hall and get yes. nonsense while he's teaching a class of 30 people. Teaching, teaching in air quotes. Teaching. I love that the air quotes. There it was. Love oh. it. Teaching in air quotes. I know. So, Coach, the first time I called you and said, hey, you know what? My brother and I got a podcast. You want to be on there? Thoughts. Jesus, did you use that voice? I no. used it. <laughs> God, I wouldn't have got on this podcast. If you're going to come with me with that voice. That was the text message tone. That was the text tone I intended. Ah, there it is. I took it. I took it as well as the way it should be intended. (laughs) I knew how you were intended. Yes. Thought. So the first time I said, hey, I want you to come on this and talk about the NFL. Well, it was an easy one. I thought the first one was we talked about irrational loyalty to Bay Area sports. I thought we talked about That was you just as a guest. That was oh, not okay. included. So I, I okay. might put you over the top, actually, now that it's not included listen, on your playlist. 
listen, I listen. Okay, and <laughs> the fact that uh, we're on here now on 100, I come on here to listen to you guys. When I was on with you guys just a couple weeks ago, I just because I'm out of your age range. Yes, you are old as hell. Yeah, no, there's no shot. <laughs> listen, when I turn 40, this fucker goes, "Wait, you're almost 40." At some point, we gotta stop fucking hanging out. Exact quote from this. I remember it in the in the, uh, booth, the announcers booth at McKay High School. Wait, yes. Kane, yeah. background on that story: Coach's wife, the saint she is, puts together a party on a limo. We're going to Portland to yeah. a now defunct comedy stop, comedy show. Is that gone? It's that gone. gone. They folded up. Martino's 40, and I can't fathom being 40 at the time because I'm a robust 31. Um, so we go up there, and Martino steals the show. You remember Boomerang? Oh, no, it wasn't Boomerang. It was Nutty Professor where Eddie Murphy goes up and ruins Dave Chappelle's set and puts him in a piano and slams yes, it on his head. Yes. Martino does that to the poor traveling comedian at Harvey's Comedy Club. Listen, they go, we need somebody loud. And Kip stands up because he's already, he was hammered by Woodburn. He left from Salem and headed to Portland. And by Woodburn, Kip was destroyed. I was, I had a good so, time. Dennis Dixon from the Ducks blew his ACL out that day. I was sad. The guy didn't even get three words out of his mouth. We need someone loud. Kip stands up. We had good seats. Kip yeah. stands up and points to me. Get this guy up here immediately. <laughs> And then Martino, you ruined his set, and I couldn't have been more proud of you. I could not have been more proud of you. Wow, that is impressive. So, Coach, one of the things Ken and I have been doing all day, overrated, underrated. We both listed overrated. I hate my laugh listening to it, and uh, David confirmed that his wife no longer listens to the show because I laugh like a hyena. And Kane listed his uh, rambling sometimes as overrated. You got an overrated, underrated, being a frequent contributor to an 11,000 listen podcast. I know that's one podcast for 10 minutes for Simmons, but for us, that's not bad. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> I feel like I laugh too much when I'm on with you two guys. Most of the time I do with kids. Yeah. But when I'm on with both of you, I just go... So that's what happened in the 90s. I didn't know what was going on back then. So you guys were spitting out names just on our last on our last one when you guys were spitting up. What we, what was it? How we ended? We had a rational loyalty to Eddie Jones. That was the oh, name I, of the episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. but it all was full circle. Stuff. With uh, came full circle with Brett Butler. Yes. Right. It was third degree, three you're degree. forgetting the point where you start naming name 90 bands. And I throw Michael oh, Bivens yeah. out, who's 1983, when you guys were eight, hey, running around in diapers. Hey, we know who Mike, Michael Bivens, Bell Biv, DeVoe, BBD, don't kid yourself. Come on, give us a little respect, Martino. We grew up in Billings, Montana. I know him as Bell Biv, DeVoe. I know him as New Edition. I don't know what the fuck Bell Biv, DeVoe is. Can we talk about, okay, that's a funny sidebar, because Martino, everybody that's listening to the 100th episode of Cross the Streams podcast, Martino comes on, and useless full information is literally Say about, again. Say it again. useless Say it full information, there it is, thank there you, it is. Uh, sidebars and tangents, and the random nature of conversations with us, it's probably frustrating for most people, including our wives, like get to the <laughs> point, maybe stay on topic. 
But that's why I, f- I feel like I ramble because I get on with you two and I feel like I have to ramble. Oh, hey, Kane, did you notice the sh- the fucking hat he's wearing right now on this oh, I, Zoom? I noticed the hat, the, the shirt, the jerseys back there. I, this, I is, this is Kaepernick's hat. This is not. Oh, okay, okay, we're in. We're in on that. I figured. So, I figured I'd have you if I wore Kaepernick. When you talk about Belle Bib DeVoe, brings up New Edition, which brings up Bobby Brown. I think we can all agree Bobby Brown was a fantastic performer. Right. Oh, yes. However, so yes, a couple days ago, I was I like to listen to music while I work. Gets me in my flow state. Hashtag flow state. And I p- get up with Ja Rule and Bobby Brown. I can't remember the song, but Kane, it was in the early two thousands. Bobby Brown was quote unquote back. Unfortunately, Bobby Brown has been doing drugs for a while. And his, I encourage everyone to go to the Bobby Brown Ja Rule co- collab. And look at Bobby Brown's mouth, because it's to oh, the Jesus. side. Oh, God. Michael Bivens does not have that problem. Bobby Brown yeah. does have that problem. <laughs> it's over here. It's awkward. It's awkward. I've told you about that before, Martino. My love of New Edition, facts. Bobby made them. I don't think they were as good with Johnny Gill. I think they were better with Bobby. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I don't know. They no. were Come on. Martino. Concert at what was later known as the Oracle. <laughs> you guys again may have been in diapers right but it was it was a new edition at, with johnny gill so it was later okay i'll be i'll be sure but i guarantee you don't know yeah oh, what oh yeah come and, on come on man okay and then and then bobby brown finished it up and then new edition came back out with bobby brown it was the sickest thing ever. oh like so he I wasn't there the first time. set and then he came back what? What? He wasn't there the first set, and then he came back. No, correct. He was the he was the headliner, so he went. He did all his stuff, and then at the end of his set, they brought New Edition back oh, out, went out Johnny Gill, and went. Wow, that's yes. unbelievable. Wow. Yes. Wow. I would have had so much stiff hip dancing to that situation, <laughs> guys. Yeah, Kip's the best dancer in the family by far. Kane, really? I can't tell you no, how many times oh you're. God, no. No, Martino, it's <laughs> it's bad. I gotta figure that Pops is, is better. I gotta figure Pops. Oh, Kane and Pops, Pops is the best. Pops is the best. Kane is not. Kane's underselling stuff. himself. Kane is clearly the best dancer. Pops is efficient. He's efficient. He no, he's good, man. He's he's just. It's just that uh, you know, as as time goes on, which is already starting to happen to me. <laughs> everybody, baby, your moves start to get outdated a little bit, right? Right. <laughs> As when I thought I was, when I, in, in my prime, back in the day, I was pretty damn good. I would have rivaled Pops if he would have took us into his prime, and him and I were battling prime versus prime, right? Yeah. Era versus era, Pops and I would be in a hell of a dance contest. Now, but before, just, I don't want to go too off on a tangent, so cut me off. What are you talking about? That's why we bring you on. But when you guys, <laughs> did, did you guys go to your dad's high school? No, he went to uh, Roosevelt in Los Angeles. East LA. We went to the hood at Skyview oh, High School in Billings, coaching. Montana. About when he was coaching. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Did you play for him? No, he went to college the year before I got there, and he was still there when Kane got up there. Okay. He was coaching college women's hoops. And what did you? Did you guys just play football and basketball? That was it. Track for me. Somebody. Somebody. Somebody managed to not have to run in a circle. His name was Kane, because Kane got to do Kane got uh, to do what he did, wanted I did, to do. I, I put two years in on the track and field. Oh, here we, Martino. Go ahead, Kane. Talk I'll about your starts. This. 
Go ahead, talk about your starts. And I hope Turney's listening to this. Scott Turnquist is listening to this. Who we brought on at some point. And um, but I, I got my two years in, and I, I got that under my belt. And bottom line is this: I understood real fast that uh, my speed was not meant for the track. <laughs> a different type of speed. Uh, my speed is built for the short burst, the football range, the fifty yards, like you see behind me. Right, that was my top end. There was no hundred meters. Yeah. There was no two hundred meters. I was the fastest curve runner in the state for two years. I was the fastest 20-meter start guy in the history of the state. And I'll put that out there. I'll, I'm not Martino, out there. there is no fact-checking these statements. No, why would you? A lot of people say it. A lot of people, lot say, of people it. say it. Fastest 20-meter, 100-meter, 20-meter guy in the history of the state. Uh, but I also I got I hit the wall. Like a lot of people hit a wall in the 400 meters. I hit the wall in the 100 meters. Right. So uh, it didn't make any sense for me to continue on that on that realm or in that realm. And so I got out of it. And, and um, you know, the rest is history. Smart move. Martino, as you, Martino, are you the oldest in your family? I'm the oldest. So you know how this works. I <laughs> attempted the escape from spring track workouts as a sophomore. Like, hey, listen. And so Pops was coaching. He was the high school PE teacher. That we okay. both had, that everyone had. But he, for, was, but he was coaching college. He was coaching college basketball, but he was still the track coach. Okay. So I said week one of my sophomore year as a track athlete, you know, I'm out. Here's what I'll do. I'll go home. I'll uh, shoot some hoops, lift some weights, but I'm not running track. And that ended with an ear-bursting lecture from, uh, you know how superheroes are drawn in comics with white eyes and no pupils? That's what our father is famous for. He's famous for this. He has no pupils. It's all white eyes. And he said in not so many words, I think you'll be at practice tomorrow. And so there I was. However, however. Did you say Kane didn't have to go? Oh, I was already in college by the time Kane pulled his little coup. Oh, I think so. Dad, so Dad eased up. He eased up. Uh, You know how that works, Coach? he He saw what I saw. And him and I were on the same page. Yeah, right. He realized very quickly, like, you know what? Kip's the long strider. He's got the 300-meter hurdle thing. Going oh, and I, I'm telling you guys. What'd you, do in, what'd you do in track? Yeah. Uh, I won I won the Eastern AA in the 110-meter hurdles and the 300-meter hurdles. Fabricate all the bullshit. No one knows. No one's going to go back and check the monster. Oh, uh, this right is a fact. No, no, no. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Coach, here's the deal. This is a true story. Kane can validate this. I won the 110 and the 300-meter hurdles at Divisionals. And so at Divisionals, you get on the stage, right? You get on the little podium that goes one, two, three, you know, gold, medal, silver. And you got to stand at the top. Look at you. Small problem. Small problem. I had a hickey on my neck. No, you didn't. (laughs) Had a hickey on my neck. Hickey on my neck. So, I mean, all those pictures as champion of eastern Montana, which by square footage is the large area. By humans, not so much. Still, hey, you don't even need to say that. Martina, right? I'm like, yeah. Hey, I know everybody listening to the podcast cannot see me, but imagine trying to put your ear to your shoulder for every picture. It's a birthmark. And so in our character development as a coach, I like to tell my guys, explain to me the effectiveness or the utility behind a hickey. Because I can speak to it. It's only negative. It's absolutely 100% only negative. Coach. 
Over, when you tell people, yeah, I go on a podcast. Well, first of all, Kane, do you remember? You might not have because you were busy leading a top-ranked team to the semifinals of a Division One football right. team. Uh, Martino cheated on us in the fall and what? joined a different podcast. You got to be shit. No, I know. I know. I didn't want to bother you with that. I didn't want that to affect your playoff preparation. I'm glad, you, I'm glad because you, that definitely would affect yeah. me. He cheated on us. I've seen, I've seen Kane one time in my life. It was 2000, I don't know what, four or three, yeah, when he yeah. came to visit you for Christmas, yeah. and you went to a McNary game, and we lost by 100 points. Yes, you did. I guarantee you brought it, you introduced him to me, go, hey, how you doing? You're going to see us get our ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, Kane, so he joined another podcast. Martino, Martino, that other podcast had seven episodes, and we've had you on for almost 20. Just that hurts, man. Martino, so I told Kane that he is now uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm Sports Center, Scott Van Pelt, (laughs) because I'm here every night. Yeah, you are the SVP. You are solid. Kane comes in, and we can't do shows. I'm Legler. I just wander in during the. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. You're Legler? Yes, Yes, Legler's a great one. I I might shoot better than him, but I disappear. Legler. Uh, Martino, before we let you go, I want you... Okay, so Kane, I'm going to set the stage for you and the listeners. When we taught together at McKay High School, the most persistently dangerous school in the state of Oregon by a federal study, we taught together, and we went there on Wednesdays and Friday mornings at 5 a.m. for hoops. Martino and I were on a team of... 5 a.m. Listen, it was 6.10. 6.10. 6.10. Thanks. 4.30. 4.30. Go. Okay, so there you are. We're. I want you to take it from there on how we prepared... Kane, we had to beat a team of five fellow teachers, and we were dead serious. I was about 27, and I was serious about still competing. Go ahead, Coach. Well, we listen, I when I had my prep, Kip had a class, so I would go in there because he wasn't teaching. There's no, no yeah, of course. Hell, yeah. He was, he was overseeing. He was overseeing a class. Exactly. There were 30 <laughs> children in his room. Fake typing. So I gave him 10 minutes. I gave him 10 minutes, and then I walked in. I go, look, look, you're not even doing a damn thing. We need to draw up a set to beat these fuckers on Friday morning. He did. And so Kim draws up a set. I don't think we ever ran it right. Well, that's because you refused to do anything besides corner threes. Four horrible white guys. And go, what the fuck did I draw up a set for? And he hoist. Let me just go, yeah. Let me just pull. Okay, he printed it out. We had a five-page scouting report that we dove into. Because we needed it. we Here's later, the problem. Later that led to us getting called into the office. Yes. We needed it because we picked the teachers that we got along with the best as our team. We didn't pick it in terms of winning. Of talent, yeah, exactly. Of, of actual guys that could play the game. So Martino had one leg functional, and another guy was incapable of scoring. But you know that I signed up for that? Kane, you respect this. As an Iverson fan myself... I signed up to take all the shots. Oh, I guarantee it. Did, did, you rock, <laughs> rock, did he have the shooting sleeve on? Did he show up with the shooting sleeve? He might have. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. The kids respected me for it. The Kim ki- is such a good guy. Is that we'd sit down and he'd go, eh, we'll get you a shot one time. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll get you one. He was so nice that he didn't want to say, listen, you disabled dumb shit. Corner, <laughs> and I'll come up with it. Because the one time I tried to talk shit, he goes, hey, why don't you show one time on an on-ball? One time. <laughs> okay, Coach, thank you. Appreciate you. we got to get to our next guest, but thank you Thanks, very much. Guys. Hey, 
Surprised to listen to you all the time. Hey, great. to another 100 episodes, yes? Yeah, hey, I'm in. Dope. You call me whenever you want. I'll hey, sit just, back and laugh like a dumbass. Just stop <laughs> cheating on us. Cross the Streams Podcast, we're back. 100th episode, Kip and Kane. We've got another one of our most frequent contributors, Jeff Mastercedar from the Calling Men In segment. Jeff, thank you for joining us, sir. I know you and Kane haven't virtually met before, so I'm glad to connect you guys, but welcome. Hey, I appreciate it, man. And again, hundreds, hundreds of celebration worthy of it. Right now, any win is a win. So uh, right? I'll jump on board. Nice it, to meet you, Kane. I appreciate you repping that Tupac, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good look. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It, you know, it's my uh, 100th episode T-shirt that I figured was appropriate for the celebration. Hey, Jeff, I mean, we're talking about branding. I'm here in our Cross the Streams T-shirt. My brother brings in Tupac, a.k.a. the GOAT. The GOAT, I respect it. But at hey, least he could do his brand us correctly. That you didn't send me on the text, man. You're the producer. Of this thing. You gotta <laughs> let me know. That, hey, I need to be rocking the swag gear. That's on you. Man. That is. You're right. On a t-shirt on a Saturday, like, hey, Pox with me on Saturday. Let's go, Jeff. And I, I want to let man, you. Wasn't in my contract to push your swag either, man. So I know. That's my. I gotta. I gotta ship you some stuff on Amazon. Uh, but Jeff has joined us uh, five times already with Carly Rohner, uh, a great segment that I'm super appreciative for him um, and Carly joining us. We talk about a lot of issues uh, relating to healthy manhood and some serious, it's the kind of the serious side of the podcast that I really appreciate. And Jeff, you know, in this space, I want to thank you because I've learned so much from you in terms of language, in terms of delivering heavy topics that I've tried to steal from you and Carly uh, and I know Kane and I have talked about you know how, how blessed we are to have you guys join us and like I mentioned before I, I don't I don't really gauge our success in terms of listens although in our 100th episode we do have 11,000 listeners which for us in our little living room setup is great but I do know that the people that have reached out to us on your segments have been awesome conversation starters and your willingness to be so transparent uh, and share is, you know, it's obviously what you do for a living, but it's the authenticity is it, it speaks through the microphone. So I appreciate you um, and wanted to make sure you got on this 100th episode with us. Man, thank you. I'll you know, tell you, man, I've been doing this work since 2004. Uh, my stories aren't mine. You know, a lot of things we hear from survivors, you know, and they're willing to share and talk. But I'm telling you, man, the fact that you two, not only are both Montana born and bred, you are very masculine men you're both head coaches you know in in a in hyper masculine spaces and y'all are willing to have this conversation like that's credibility for the people who came before me uh mostly women and survivors you know who pushed this now to the mainstream so shit we're at the kitchen table um having these conversations where this movement started uh 50 60 years ago now is professionalized but it's in y'all it's in your vocabulary you see the benefit. It's not just to check the box for the NCAA stuff, man. This is yeah. about you understanding men and how men have wins. Um, Kip, I got to go back to hearing you talk uh, at that uh, coaches coaches webinar you shared with me. When you there was a conversation that came up, and somebody asked you a question: How you would handle if one of your your student your student athletes got named? Yeah. And the first thing you said was, "I, I knock them over the head with statistics about how false rapes are." So we know the majorities are true. And then the, the second, the question leaked into like, how would you help the investigation? And I had to tell my wife this. You said, that is not my role. My role is is, is to be head coach. And man, that's the, the love. I, and I appreciate you both leaning into this transformational coach where we're seeing athletics now. 
And that shit is moving. If, if athletics, that bastion of military mindset, is now leaking in about whole people, head, heart, uh, speaking for others, leadership, character development, but not just wins and losses, man, that is moving. That This is progressing the needle in so much quicker of a pace because you all are the best platform speakers because you got you're credible. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I think I've stolen a lot from your, you know, your verbiage, your language that I've used and utilized. And really, it's given me a lot of confidence, man, because, you know, some of that, some of those questions that you mentioned when I was on that national call, first of all, it's weird. I talked to Kane about it. You know, you know, you're talking to 300 and 400 people, but you can't see them. You're just staring at your own face and your own face is overrated, you know? And so that's awkward. You can't judge if people are laughing at your jokes, you know, you don't know anything. But I appreciate, you know, you and Carly giving me the tools to kind of exist in that space and ready for it. And I think Kane and I, when we talked about it, and Kane can touch on this a little bit, just the, the cross the streams narrative that we named the podcast was for exactly the extension we found with you and Carly on your segments is, hey, we're basketball, we're football, Where's the intersection? Okay, we're athletics and life. Where's the intersection? Life and masculinity. Where's the intersection? Uh, so having you guys on there has really helped us lend to the to, to the kind of the credibility and the going about the work and you know doing a hundred episodes. Like you know, life's busy. This is crazy. Uh, and only way we could do it, Kate and I get sick of listening to each other. It's it's helpful to have guests like you on. Oh, there's a hundred percent, man. And and I'll what's the right word? Um, Jump on that as, as and uh, pigtail off. And I'm, you want to cosign? Awesome. That's fine. You can cosign. Cosign is probably the best word to say. But anyway, <laughs> is that uh, uh, like you said, 100 episodes worth of this is podcast. We didn't get in this thing to to listen to ourselves go back and forth. Uh, we got into this thing with, to learn and to utilize this thing as a as a tool and an avenue for us and for our guests to try and gather information. And, and in turn, hopefully, be able to then go out to our respective fields, uh, be in, my, in the football world and keep in the basketball world and, and within the coaching realm in general, and be able to share this information that we're trying to gather and learn. And um, we'd be very naive to think that we know everything. Right. We'd be extremely uh, naive to think that we have any uh, way, shape, or form that we can talk on certain subjects without bringing in people like yourself that uh, can help educate us on those subjects in those topics. And uh, I know for myself, it's like, man, this is such a, as Kip, and Kip hit it on the head as far as the tools, having the tools in which you feel like, you know what, I can go into a meeting room with 12, 15 student athletes, young men, and talk to them about these topics, because now I have, I feel like I can, I've got more information. I've got a, a really the language uh, that I can use without making it seem like I'm preaching or I'm doing, you know what I mean? And, and it just, I know it's helped me quite a bit. So again, as, as Kip was saying, I, I appreciate you taking the time and, and helping us with this podcast, but more importantly, is really helping us in general as coaches to understand what it is, this, how big of a topic this really is and what it should be. And uh, hopefully our listeners uh, grasp onto that as well. I appreciate that. The symbiotic piece to that is that I stole, I stole language from you, Kip. Uh, There's a coach locally, a basketball guy, and I used the special situations you aren't prepping for. That was it. That's awesome. Oh, got you. Yeah. I didn't say slobs and blobs. Right. One, I didn't know what the hell those were. I know. My, the women's coach at Willamette, call, what are you talking about? It's end outs and side outs. 
And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's it right there, though, man. That's the right. cross the streams. It's the, yeah. that's what crossing these streams of professional profession professions that we're all in or, or and things that we uh, enjoy doing, each of us in our different endeavors and our different worlds, able to cross those things. And, and now all of a sudden we're able to utilize different tools within our, our each respective professions and i think that's what we started this thing for and, and that's why hopefully we can continue to do another 100 episodes and, and progressively just get better and better with getting information that is not only going to help uh, our listeners but more importantly probably help us jeff i wanted to get your take the stream, that's... go ahead go ahead you go go ahead that we're not we're our whole selves not our role selves right like yep. so head coach you're supposed to act this lane right father at home act this lane and i love that, that the 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 visual even came about the, yeah. the it blurs and that's the piece i think for us as men coming through like that mask we live in yeah it, that gets too convoluted and, and yep. we're not whole so in your profession in your home in your personal like the those triads become really one and how do we show up wholly in all those things? Now, there's going to be some roles, right? Like I'm going to enunciate a little cleaner if I'm in front of certain groups. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, we're a shit damn hell family, so I'm going to keep that with our nine and, and six. <laughs> and but then when I get in this space, man, I can definitely let the, the Bobby Nine language flare a little bit more. All those pieces are still me. And I think that if we start breaking down some of those barriers that have existed, because frankly, because I that, that's the way I thought I should coach or I thought I should father was yep. the way it was set for me. And those bullshit lanes now are getting really knocked down and we could be crossing the streams with all of our interests, professional, personal, and that head to heart shit can really come into fruition where we can show up as our whole self. Man. I love that, man. Cause it, that's who, that's who we should be as, as it, it, it always bothers me, man. And uh, with coaches, uh, teachers uh, that decide that they need to, this is, this is what they think a coach is supposed to be. And so they come off and portray this character, a characterization essentially of what a coach is supposed to be. Right. And they've, they've been around certain coaches over the course of their time as either a player coming up or as a young kid, whatever it may be. And they have these role models that, that they thought that's what a coach is supposed to be. And to me, I've always said that you have to be who you are first and you have to find out who you are as a person first before you can figure out who you are as a coach and uh and i've always the advice i've given to young coaches whether it was former players of mine or, or coaches young coaches that i work with hey what's the biggest advice that you can give me and my answer to that has always been be you be yourself figure out who you are first and then adapt your coaching style to that and again i think that's where having the ability to um gather as much info uh, outside of your comfort zone and your realm to continue to reshape yourself essentially and to continue to, to um, change just different aspects that are, are going to help you as a coach. Jeff, one of the things we've been asking all the our most frequent contributors is overrated, underrated. Give a, I, So I said overrated doing a podcast is the sound of my own laugh because I hate it. Right. So give us your overrated, underrated. Be, and I know you are, you know, your life is speaking. Your life is presenting to groups. So, you know, you're coming at it from a different lens than other people. But give us overrated, underrated being on a podcast monthly. Oh, uh, it, uh, see, 
probably mental health wise, it's um, overflating my ego. Like <laughs> so that's pumping my shit up. Yeah. Uh, and I did undervalue, I think, coming in of what I could contribute because I was so used to having to be in that like professional lane of uh, not able to blur a lot of my coaching experience, which is it's not a lot or vast or playing experience extends to high school. Right. So I, I, I was, wasn't giving a lot of credentials to what those experiences were. Um, and over the last probably five, six years, meeting more men like yourselves who are on the come up and hungry for knowledge, XO knowledge, skill development knowledge, and then heart knowledge. Right. And so, yeah. Um, I, I think that, that podcasts right now are getting an underrated view because it's a small snapshot. And what we're requiring people to do is in that conversation we have with Carly, mm-hmm. she's dropping all kinds of stuff on us, but now we're asking the listeners to have to take their dig and go investigate, right? right. They get that little nugget of knowledge. And, and so the people who are willing to do that, man, that is a beautiful platform and a resource for it. Um, but I think sometimes in our culture, we get used to just getting spoon fed everything. Like we want it all in, the, in that same nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is requiring people to get a snapshot and go do your own damn work and make it your own. Right, uh, exactly. And, and internalize how we do. Is there a part of you, Jeff, in your day-to-day and your existence, like I and you guys, you and Carly have both counseled me about this, like there's an imposter syndrome that I got to fight with a lot. Like, man, do I really know what the fuck I'm talking about? Um, I, I, I believe in the cause. I believe in what we're trying to accomplish, but do I have the tools to do this? So I've been, you know, I steal from you guys. I talk to others and I know you are in the realm day to day. How does, how do people go about, it doesn't have to be necessarily in the healthy manhood track that we all, you know, formed a bond over. I think people fight that a lot in terms of, man, I have a passion for this. Am I the right person to voice it? Um, you know, thoughts from you on that? Cause you've been doing the work for so long. Uh, yeah. And I want to hear from you all too, with the coaching end, because, um, so for me in this work, getting reps, the first, so since 2004, my first probably five years was really shitty. Um, I had an organization that asked me to, to, to maybe contract with them. And this was, yeah, about five years in. So one, my tires got pumped. I was feeling good about it. And then I realized, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to say. So I watched their videos. Okay. And so when they sent the, the, you know, the invitation for calendar dates, my first ask was, send me your, uh, your script. I want to see your, your slide deck, but I want to see your notes. What are you saying? How do you transition? Um, because I was in that mode of if I got to be it, then kind of like you are saying earlier, Kane, like, oh, I got coached this way. So I'm going to yeah. do it. Oh, I heard yep. you say this transition about men's violence against women. I'm going to say the exact same shit. Exactly. Yep. Um, and that imposter syndrome was fully in there. Um, so, yeah, every day I would struggle, and I still do. Um, I get a little cocky. I may not prep as much as I used to. Um, <laughs> but what I, I value now is the fact that if – I tried to hold it to three things, and we might have talked about this with Carly. If I do a workshop presentation with anybody, there's three things that I can, can that I, I value, like how'd that go? Okay. One, did I speak honestly and truthfully? And were the stories that were coming from me quick, to the point, and, and, and truthfully? And a lot of my stories aren't all mine. They're from survivors. Okay. Uh, the second one was, well, am I engaging? Did I ask questions? Did I give opportunity for people to speak and share their piece? 
Uh, then the third one is, did anybody do anything with the, the content? Did they go out and volunteer, have a conversation with a buddy? You know, the first two I can control. That third one, it drives me bananas. Right. That has to be the hope, right, that you, you did something truthfully and engaged them as valid. Right. They would then go off and make it happen. Yeah. And that's not mine. That came from my therapist, actually, about mm. nine months ago. Yeah. Um, so I think in, to, to counter that that, uh, that that imposter syndrome stuff, like that has to come back to why I'm doing it is, is speaking my truth, yeah. the truth of others um, and engaging. But that doesn't mean that I'm still tripping about, oh, shit, if somebody's going to see this from my college days or from my hometown in Montana days, all it would take was a phone call. Or a text message or Instagram now to say, this motherfucker is a fraud. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this goes to Brene Brown's shit, right? Of like the Teddy Roosevelt piece, the, the, the it being in the arena. That's the courage and vulnerability. So the people throwing shade at you from the sidelines or via Twitter, Instagram, you know, middle finger to them. Right. The respect is those people who are willing to have these conversations. And now... We're showing each other's faces, like holy shit, that is vulnerable. Yeah, so, yep. for sure. Respect that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That's but yeah, good, no, I love that. To you all, how did you yeah. come into your own? When did you feel like, yeah, I am now kip I own, Kane I own, whatever your title is, coach, versus I'm kicking underneath trying to look the part and give my best uh, uh, Newt Rockney speech. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great uh, question. You want to take that one first, Kane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll attempt to uh, as best I can, man. Um, I think it, it was as a young coach, I got caught up in exactly what I try to um, make sure that the advice that I give to other young coaches, as far as you, you're not quite sure as who you are as a coach initially, in what uh, role and style that you want to take on, and so you you kind of just automatically, as a default, fall into what you've known as a coach. Right. And what you've been, uh, whoever, whether it was your position coach as a football player, whether it was a head coach sometime, somewhere down the road, you, you saw them as that is what I see or perceive as the ultimate coach. So let me try and copycat that guy. Uh, and so I think it was probably, I don't know the exact year or the exact season, uh, but I know it was a, a point in my life where I kind of woke up and realized, you know what? I'm doing this job, but I'm not really doing it to the full extent that I feel I can. I'm really just kind of doing, scratching the surface of what I, I should be doing as a coach. And um, I started to realize that the majority of what I was doing was just uh, very much the stereotypical uh, feeding them. Here's the knowledge that I, as a player, this is, uh, let me tell you how I used to do it. Type hmm, stuff. Right. Let me tell you this is in, in presenting it via the, the style in which I was accustomed a coach presenting stuff to. And then I, I sat back and, re, and thought to myself, first and foremost, and I think you, you mentioned this as far as just the why. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this job? Am I really in this job to, to just because it's cool to be a football coach? It's like, a, you know, it, it seems cool from the outside looking in. Am I doing this job because it, it was just the next step for me because I just got done playing and so I wanted to stay close to the game. Uh, and so I just stepped into these coaching shoes. Why am I really doing this job? And it, it, it literally did take me a few years to kind of figure out my why. And, and ultimately, when I figured that out, as far as just trying to have a positive impact and positive influence on, on student athletes in general, 
then it, it's, it started to come a little bit easier for me as far as the style in which I wanted to go about that and, and started to really determine my values as a person first and foremost. And then in turn, I was able to um, help those values guide me on how I needed to be as a coach and who I should be as a coach personality wise. Um, and in, in turn, it brought out the style in which I, I think I have as a coach and it just made it that much just it put it in perspective for me as far as uh, why I'm in this thing and, and what I'm doing this for. And in turn, once you have that, then you can be, uh, and I love how you said, honestly, honest and truthful in everything you're doing. And then also just the, the engaging P I mean, it just with every aspect of coaching, figuring out why I was doing it, who I am as a person first and foremost. And I realized, you know what? Yeah, this, this is what I should be doing. I think for me, it's getting my ass kicked. You know, I think I started, I was lucky enough to get this job at 29. And when you get a head coaching job at 29, you think you're awesome. And then the ball rolls out and you get your ass kicked. And you have to, it's really humbling. It's really, uh, you know, you can take it one of two ways. And I, I was, whatever it was, how we were raised, our parents, whatever it may be, like I had to point the finger. I had to point, the, not the finger, but the thumb. And I had to say, it's me. You know, there's something about me, the way I'm doing things that is preventing us from having success, but then also able to say, you know what, if I'm going to exist in this job, only one team every year gets to claim a title. And that means the rest of us at D3, that's 399 schools. The rest of us have to really grapple with losing because even year 28 and one, you lose the title game, you end up defining yourself in losing. Do I want to exist that way? And I, I couldn't tell you the night or the day that it happened, yeah. but I really decided to refocus. That doesn't mean I hate losing less. It doesn't mean I don't want to win the scoreboard, you know, with all my being. But I figured out I couldn't live. I couldn't exist if that was the only gauge of my success as a coach. And really, that's the only way, you know, you finish a year like we just did. We lost damn near every game. And so if you don't have another foundation that you are believe in, yep. how else can you walk around? Yep. You know, and I try to share that with my team because I know they bear the same brunt that I do with the record and the scoreboard. Um, you know, I got to be better at that. And, and But I think that helps you drive like a rage to master. You know, if I think I, I, think if I would have won early purely because of the talent of the players, then I would have really thought I was awesome. And that would probably be a terrible thing be honest with you you know as much as i would love to have a championship season i really would i would enjoy it uh but i don't want that to coincide with i stop feeling that rage to get better i appreciate that because it's almost that that, that in the in our american culture right we second place is the shit so right man like we were back in the 90s i remember that no fear t-shirt right second <laughs> place is the first loser right yeah yeah and and i bought into that stuff line and sinker yes you know? and any form of that was not good enough i don't think that's bad. i think drive is important you know but how we come out of that right and you came you're talking about knowing yourself and your purpose and your why yep. uh i think that grounds us but then also came or kept like you had early success then that's a burden too like oh shit if i don't win you'll beat those other 398 teams then oh, oh it's a failing year earlier so, right to me, I thought this idea of like failure and how do we re, re, retool that word yeah. to be something that's worth seeking, right? Yep. And, and 
again, sports is the best platform. Uh, our youngest was going to play t-ball, so she stood up on the tee and took two cuts. The first one, she whacked the shit out of me. <laughs> so that's her, now that's her bar. Yeah. And then the next two, she missed and, you know, whacked the tee. And so she was about damn near done. Like, oh, you know, I'm done with this. <laughs> and that early success, I think, led to worse expectations. What would have been better is, right, if she failed, failed, then had some success. And so right. how do we treat that failure as the goal? Um, and, and forgiving ourselves. Yeah. I think you all are in that tough position of, of leading men uh, because you're going to stumble and fail and how we coach through that. But also in life, you're gonna you're gonna fail some classes. You're gonna have some breakups. You can do some dumb shit things. And I think by you all cultivating those relationships that are grounded and rooted in honesty and transparency, then that's that's leading to long term shit. You keep highlighting all these grads, Kip. Like you're graduating all kinds of smart kids. Holy yeah. Shit. <laughs> right. Right. There's no doubt. Jeff, how do you do that before no we? One, no, bef- one, no one is gonna come over there and, and go, Kip. You're the coach of the year for having graduates that are going on and doing all these special things outside of the realm of sports. Right. right. Like you're not going to ever be celebrated for that aspect of you as a head coach. And that's a hard part of this profession. And that's where, again, you have to keep yourself, your, your why and, and who you are in perspective at all times, regardless of what the outside world sees as either successes or failures. Jeff, before we let you go and we get to the next guest, what is that for you? Uh, you know, Kane and I's profession you can get to a finish line in terms of the scoreboard can dictate, okay, do I get better or do I get worse? How did the week go? Yours is like, there's no finish line to your work. You know, I mean, I, I hope there is a, a cultural shift in manhood and in traits we, 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 we um, you know, associate with masculinity. But I mean, that's a, that's a, there's no finish line in your job. How do you do it? How do you keep going? talked about it earlier i think you know getting your ass kicked who why we do this kane said what i've become is a better man yeah in in the 16 years and so yeah i go do presentations and write numbers down and and our grant funders they may may like it or they may not like it yeah but in the end of the day if i can get go back to i can speak my truth and i can engage people and give men space Right. Because in the end of it, man, I am more human being. Um, my wife said to me two weeks ago, she's like, you know, you you seem really at ease, um, kind of a little more pleasant to be around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty secure. Right. <laughs> and and but my scoreboard has gone away. I had I'm not out four days a week doing workshops as I was doing before. Um, so I'm home and mm-hmm. I get to cook peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grilled cheese. I get to do PE every day. Um, I'm more comfortable that I don't have to go out to perform. Yeah. So all that to come back to my success is I can look in the mirror actually and say, you know, today you weren't, you you did some good. Yeah. A total piece of shit. Yeah. 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 No, I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate your transparency. I think that's one of the things I respect the most about you is willingness to share all sides of you. Because I know in our canonized profession, our, our kids are only used to showing but there's no emotional range for them. It's complete joy and confidence or utter devastation and rage. And there's so many things in between. Um, and I appreciate that about you and, and being okay with being confused or lost and or and I feel really good. I feel confident. Well, so I appreciate man, that, that. That to me is such a, 
it's such a hard piece for for men in general but also in our realm of sports and, and coaching is is being able to show that vulnerability side and i think it goes such a long ways if you can do that it's just not it's not uh looked at as as commonplace within our profession for sure right jeffrey we appreciate you coming on man closing thoughts before you get off 100th episode you're a contributor to that my friend oh man i appreciate it i was just thinking i remember 1889 when montana was 100 the vice yes this yeah wait we were on that cattle drive now my mom put us on horses we were on that cattle drive that's right that's right Oh, you're in the east part of the state. We we didn't get down like that. We had some uh, logging trucks that came through. Oh, hey, thanks, Jeff. We appreciate you being on, my friend. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you both. We're back. 100th episode, Cross the Streams podcast. One of the earliest guests we brought on, Mr. Eggert, Crack the Egg. How are you, sir? Staying safe and healthy? I'm doing well. I can't complain. Where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from live from Billings, Montana. Right a- AKA Beantown, AKA the origin. Beantown. I'm in D Town. Essentially the birthplace of Cross the Streams podcast. Eggert, when Kane said, hey, you know what? Me and Kip are going to do a podcast. How many episodes did you give it, plus or minus? Oh, gosh. Um,. I, I, I mean, if I was judging too much on Kane, he's, <laughs> he's, he's had a lot of little things that he's done over the years. Right. For a while. What, you know, we started talking about Mana V. Mana V, yeah. Oh, Mana V. Great <laughs> one. Did he get you on that, Agar? Uh No, no. No, Agar, no. I could never get Agar in. On the Acai Berry. Everybody else fucking dialed. Can I? Did you two have like a? I I picture a forehead to forehead deep thought argument on Mona V. Uh, I am not a nice friend when it comes to multi level marketing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's not he's not a big fan. He, he, no, made, he made that no. very clear, very obvious from the jump. Despite <laughs> every every sales pitch I had for him, every angle I came at him with, he had a, he had some sort of retractor, some sort I, of counter argument. And uh, which makes sense because that's just who he is. Disprove the null. <laughs> Eric, can I tell you, I have given at least five coaches clinics on disprove the null. I'm not kidding. This is one of your first. It might have been just your interview. It wasn't even a crack the egg segment. It was your laying out in what I thought was fantastic, really easy to follow, deciding to start your own company, disprove the null. And now, we lost a lot of games. It had nothing to do with your process. It had to do with what I filled the process in with. But that thing is, are you still operating on Disprove the Null? It's one of my all-time greats from this podcast. It's, it's what we, it, you know, it, uh, it's what we do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we're, we're analyzing new uh, tools right now for our backup software and stuff at the office and, and our remote monitoring software. And, yeah, when we're evaluating it, it's like, is it better? Great. I don't want to know how, why it's better. Like show me all the ways that it isn't a problem that this transition to a new tool isn't going to be a issue. Yeah. Yeah. We got to eliminate the, 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 the red flags. And if we can eliminate all the red flags, great. 
Or is everybody used to in your life used to that now? Like, is they are they used to like this is how Brandon's gonna fucking approach this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like, don't don't give me the positives. Yeah. <laughs> like, like show me why it's like like prove to me why it's not worse than our other tool in all these other areas, right? Yeah. And you Which know, is, it's so funny to me though because having obviously knowing you, right and as a friend, when it comes to business things and, and you know, the Mana V scenario, for example, mm-hmm. right? I, I know that you're not, you're going to freaking tell me the flat out truth and give me your, your, your educated opinion on, on whatever scenario, but then you'll also come at us with the, just the most outlandish, crazy theories on whether it's sports related or whatever else, right? So where the hell does this disprove the null situation? When it is it, it, like it's like this whole different opposite end. Like you've got this serious business agger. Yeah. You got this guy over here that I'm gonna try and order a pizza. <laughs> and you're gonna have this freaking, yeah, you're gonna have this outlandish way in which no, hold on, I got this. Let me figure out the, the best way in which I'm gonna rig the system in order to <laughs> faster and cheaper. And if you were to just do it on that app that you're showing me right there, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. So it's so it's it's uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's a matter of it's usually two things that push push it one way or the other. It's either either there's money involved, in which that definitely skews it towards disprove the null. Yeah, Let's operate yeah, yeah. like very specific, like yeah. correctly. Um, but then the other thing that can tip that, and it can actually be a little more stronger than money with me, is is my obsessive compulsive uh, personality type. You know, where I can I can man, I'm gonna win it back in Vegas, man. <laughs> Do it, and I and I'm the guy who knows all. Like I shouldn't I shouldn't want to play Keno or yeah. blackjack because you know the odds. You've already I know all the odds. I know the odds, and I should not when. When it's only paying thirty to one on a thirty-six to one chance on midnight or ace, you know, or or snake eyes, you, you don't want that bet. You don't want that bet. You're gonna lose. You can't. If you roll it a hundred times, you've guaranteed lots of money. Edgar, during this time, knowing you and you know what, how has it been business-wise for you in the pandemic? I know Montana is not in the same realm as some other states yeah. in terms of the lockdown commitment. How's it been for you and yours? Uh, we're pretty lucky. Yeah, the IT support industry has been busy as can be right now. We've been, like it's funny. It's funny. We've been trying to tell our clients how they need to start using Microsoft Teams and, um, or Google, if they're a G, you know, on G Suite, like you've got to use Google yeah. Hangouts and get stuff into these environments so that your people can work from wherever. Yeah. Because uh, time is money. Like you don't want to, like if they want to, well, here's the other thing. Most, there's a lot of people who are on salary. And you want to make it as easy for someone if they want to work to be able to work. It's kind of like if you're a nonprofit, I get really upset with people who want donations and don't make it easy for me to give them money. Uh huh. Yeah. Where's my thumb? If my thumb's got to go more than two of this, like you, you shouldn't have to do anything. Right. Like that's it. Like that, like you need to make it as easy as possible. So again, uh, it's funny, even, uh, even Allie's, uh, Allie who works, uh, my fiance who works for the chamber of commerce and the local convention visitors bureau. Um, she, I've been bugging them for 
year and a half to get on teams, and then this thing hits immediately, and magically it's a priority. <laughs> and I had to help them the first like three or four days, help Allie and teach her so she could teach the rest of the group. Yeah. It's like, that's funny. I remember being in your office and talking this through with your your, your COO and, and you and trying to show you guys, and you didn't want to listen to me that day. It's funny how that all comes full circle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, so we've been busy. Um, at some point, it will. It's affected us on a couple. You know, some clients have been shut down a little bit. So, like dentist offices we work with, we had to kind of scale back their billing because they're really not using their systems right gotcha. now. Um, yeah, or they weren't. Uh, eventually, this goes on long enough. You know, it'll affect us a little bit. But everything's kind of secondary and tertiary. Is there a bucket you think for goodwill to turn into profit later, like doing the right thing? during this to capitalize on it later. And I know that sounds like cynical, but you know, we've talking about as an athletic department, like, Hey, we need to be able to honor first responders, hospital workers, nurses, doctors in season mm -hmm. and use small businesses to provide some of that catering, so to speak, to yeah. get people in games. And, it, and I, I, I struggle with it because I think it's smart, but is it like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to really look for the angle on a pandemic. You know what I mean? There's an angle in everything. <laughs> I should have known. Coming to you. I knew that. It's it's why I never mark down. There's not a single – we have a whole like thing on our financials that says contributions. Yeah. Um, it, we don't use that category. Everything we give goes into advertising because uh, always, yeah. there's always an angle. Um, but that doesn't mean an angle's bad. Like, like what you said is there's nothing wrong with Willamette Athletics from like – giving preferential treatment to people who have had to work through, like they didn't get to stay at, they didn't, they didn't get to stay at home. They right. had, and more importantly, they had to risk their health through this, giving them preferential treatment, giving them free tickets to the games, giving them whatever, like, right. That's not that. That's the byproduct of, of a, a, a good marketing campaign. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You should look to, to do within reason. I mean, you don't want to take advantage of it too much. But yeah, the, it, the people that are that are buying up the hand sanitizer and, and then selling them for a higher price—that that in turn, yeah, that's you're right. The line as far as morals and, and and taking advantage of essentially of a situation in what could be perceived in the wrong way. Uh, well, and, and that's what it comes back to in business. Like I always, and, and don't get me wrong, this is not a fair like this back to the multi-level marketing schemes. Uh, I. My biggest thing, I don't like selling friends and family. I don't like sell like, especially when you're a, like, when you've sold for a living, mm -hmm. when, you, when you've hawked, you know, Kirby vacuums door to door and, and you know, like a hard pitch, hard close technique because you've been in retail furniture or whatever. I don't like doing that with people that are my friends. Like I don't, it's kind of like, I don't like talking football with, with Kane very much, you know, because yeah, because you never on. talk football with me and each other. I don't. Eggert, <laughs> um, <laughs> though, I did appreciate Eggert. I did appreciate. I don't want to get Kane in trouble, but I appreciated your Instagram post about Joey on the. Oh. I appreciate oh, yeah, it. No, Joey Thomas should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, hundred percent. I agreed hundred percent on that one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, I don't think that. There's no way, in, uh, shit, I'll get in trouble if that, for whatever reason, I don't know why we are not, we don't have Joey yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't, I don't like, understand, like, like, like two teams, oh, three teams, 
why they're not in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, there's a lot of arguments to be made as far as that era in who should be recognized as, as players that forever uh, help change this. This. Did you guys see Jay Hackett put up stats from what you all did? Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Like, and I shout out to Seven because I made him on a lot of uh, college football games. But you guys defensively were pretty fucking impressive. To ha- and Kane John, not that I wasn't there for your Hall of Fame, well deserved. But hey, thanks, I, man. Appreciate yeah, it. I was there. I was there. Yeah. Mom cried a lot, a lot. Tears. I, I preempted it though. Did you like how I preempted the uh, the tears? I yeah, and you also cry. said Hall of Fame, Big Brother. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, put that in my put pray. that on my wall, Eggert. Tears, man. I was trying to get you some. You shed some tears. That was my whole goal. I, well, I didn't shed room. tears, but I did puff my chest a lot. I wanted that whole room in tears by the end of my speech. <laughs> my long twenty to twenty-five minute speech. Talk about rambling. I, I I talked about how much I could ramble, and boy, did I ramble. Eric, do you remember you. this? I remember. I can't remember what game. I the part of me wants to say St. Mary's at Bobcat Stadium, but it could be a different game. And I remember people screaming for you on a special teams possession, screaming that you were supposed to be out there for a snap. And I specifically remember, I don't know who the coach was, was just looking frantically. Eggert! It was hilarious to me. I don't know who it was. I thought you were saying, talking about Kane. I was like, Kane? No, you. It was, can you were not on the field when you were supposed to be. And then you came running. It was awesome. It was one of my favorite. Run, <laughs> he was running on his toes. I guarantee you that. <laughs> so that's funny because because if it was St. Mary's at Bobcat Stadium, uh, oh, I, I, yeah. got, I got yelled at on that then, and I got yelled at by your brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I had to come in for D. Smee's the entire second half because he's cramping <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And I think it was play number uh, maybe like three or four. Now, first play, I get in there. Dead serious. Like first or second play, uh, we I'm in the game. It's like a third down, and I I uh, like end up ba- like basically breaking up a little pass on the sideline, thinking I'm badass. The very next series, we're out there, and it's like first or second play, and the ball gets outside on a on the on an option play, and instantly instantly Kane is like god damn it because <laughs> Eggert's in the game and now play just went back your, your brother just goes gotta be gotta be uh, the guy had to be Eggert's fault it had to be Eggert's fault it couldn't be and Kane's then, and the best part was uh, speaking of Hackett old Jay <laughs> Hackett before the next play gets off he actually is like hey not Okay, that that's my bad, man. That, that, that was my fault. That was my fault. Yeah. Oh, so we I bet preparation for St. Mary's for Joey, Kayam, and Jay was a struggle because oh, there's not God. a lot of coverage involved. Not, not if you're a corner, that's not the game you're looking forward to. Like, no. We just, I don't know why when we played them, we didn't just flip it. We should have put you and Q at corner. Kane, <laughs> I had 21 tackles, so I, I think the safety spot was still pretty good. Another safety spot. Eggert, hey, speaking of no, St. Mary's, I, I, you know, we, I, we've talked about that before. As far as just put Joey at one high and be like, I dare you to throw it deep. You put different guys at different spots going into optional week for sure. 
football. We don't ever discuss football. You and I. Egger, were you present at the Saint at Saint Mary's game when our mom was in between the two teams walking onto the field? Oh, because Christ. that was one of I would say I've yeah, been embarrassed. I've probably been embarrassed three times in my life. One is not podcast worthy. Two was we lost by fifty in a D one game when I had a lot of people in the stands and I had convinced them we had a chance at keeping it close. And three, what D one? Who were you playing? I was convinced Portland State was opening their new arena. And we had a pretty good team, and I thought they were a little fr- – like they were younger, hadn't been together long enough. We were catching them in late November. Like we could open this arena and keep it under 20. No, 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 no. It was 50. Uh, D3, <laughs> D3. And then the third is with my mother between the Bobcats in white and St. Mary's when they had a football team in navy blue walking and our mom talking more shit – and pounding her chest harder than any gorilla has ever done. That is my three most embarrassing moments, Eggert. I don't know if you were there, but it was awful. I didn't know what to say. I was apologizing to both sides for what was happening. I was in a 10 jersey. I was in a 10 jersey. Um, and Coach Pete in the in the elevator saw me that day. It was like, you going to wear that today? Yeah. Yeah. It's my umbrella. I'm going to wear it. That's yeah. hilarious. That reminds me of, uh, I remember when you were in town in Bozeman for, I want to say, the Cat Grizz game. Cat Grizz, your senior year. You, yeah, you're rocking the jersey and spectators pregame. And, and, and somebody, one of our, our real big-time fans, uh, decided to ask you, literally. Oh, this is the best story. Two hours before the Cat Grizz game. Yes, you guys had to win it to go. You guys had to win yeah, it to advance. Another, exactly. Win to get in. Win to win, to win the conference. Another one of those biggest games of the year, obviously, not only because of the rivalry, but the implications that come with the win. Yeah. And they actually, they actually thought and had the audacity to ask my brother at Spectators, hey, Kane, how are we looking today, bud? I know Ions are legendary for embellishing stories, but I am at Bex at 10 a.m. on Cat Grizz. Kane senior year. You guys got to oh, win to advance. Hammered and he's at- also, remember, this is Kip's. I mean, my hair is Fantasia right now, but it was the super long, and I had braids. Braids, yeah. I had braids. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was at Specs with our cousin Corey, and they said, Hey, what are you doing? I said, What are you talking about? And they go, Are you going to play today? And I said, That's my little brother. And they said, Well, we'll. There's three of you, right? And I said, no. There's just me and Kane. They said, no, no, no. These people were adamant that well, there, I... There is three. There's three people that look like brothers. Because have you seen pictures of your father from... Look like... You, I'm dead serious. He didn't have a wrinkle on him. Oh, uh, but that, that, is, that does lead me to the Corey Smith kickoff, which might be one of the highlights of my fandom in seeing that happen Corey smith take it to the house but also a low light in me as a human dog cussing grizzly fans across the way from me like unapologetically irrationally mad i i love like kane brought it up about like not only joey and that post about joey and junior uh but and and it is ridiculous that i mean 
we'll put it this way. I'm not sure it's happened since or maybe never happened before um, because I know Jared Allen wasn't one of the one Fuck. of the selections that year. I don't know if uh, Joey was one of the first 32 players in America selected for by the NFL for the Senior Bowl right. in early season that year. Right. That I'm not sure that's happened in the Big Sky Conference. Other, I mean, you tell me, was Michael Roos or something like Kane? Can you think, like, to your knowledge, can you think of anybody? Not that I can. Um, obviously, Cooper Cup comes to mind. Oh yeah, but I, I'm not 100 percent unsure on the, on that. Uh, but it'd have to be somebody like that. Like, and regardless, like, uh, I don't. Yeah. Regardless of Senior Bowl, third round draft pick, yeah. when it's all said and done, when you think of Hall of Fame, you think oh. of best player within either your position, your era, whatever, however your, yeah. whatever your criteria is, right. conference, all American, whatever your criteria is, Joey hits every one of those criteria and then some. Yeah. Joey was talking the, about Joey was best, a top to two. me, the, the best corner in big sky conference history. It's not, there's, it, no, yeah. there's no, I mean, yet, well, and that's other people that, that are going to try and argue that with me and I'll argue with them until the, whenever, however yeah. you want to argue it, whatever, criteria you want to argue with whatever statistic you want to throw at me i saw it firsthand and well I tell you firsthand that that guy was barred on the best corner that's that's played in this conference and yeah because be there was no, of, uh, there's nobody else that's been able to guard nfl cor- like nfl wideouts like clarence moore everywhere on the field i mean you can go down a list of guys that yeah that we said joey go go handle him you've got him joey and Joey, Joey was probably before we even told him to go. Was that the, was that factually the scheme, guys? Was that factually the scheme? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. Put yeah, I mean, on. it wasn't necessarily the 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 scheme, like, but that's what our yes, I, I, it was the scheme essentially. What we played uh, back then, as far as our coverage, our defense, yeah, uh, was just it, it's it, it's that's what I base my mentality on as far as our philosophy of what we want to be as a defense. We were absolutely, our corners were put on islands. Our safeties were put essentially on islands, how we play quarters. And we, mm-hmm. our safeties were responsible for not only verticals, but to be involved in the run to stop the run. Yeah. Right. Knowing that our corners were going to be able to handle everything as far as the verticals they were going to see over the course of a game. And so Joey and Hackett and CJ and Willie and all of our corners were putting on those islands all the time. Yeah. It just is it. I'll be honest. I mean, it's, you don't see that type of defense anymore when it's all said and done the way. Well, we, and that's, and that, and I, again, I, I pulled a classic Eggert. I was going to start talking about the Oh three defense and I got sidebarred with Joey. But, uh, uh, um, I love talking about that 03 defense because I feel like I'm allowed. Like, if anybody wants to argue it with me, that's fine. I'll argue it all day long because I didn't play on that defense. Like, I I backed up, you know, I, I played a, a little in certain games, but really, when it comes down to it, I have nothing to do with the success of that defense. But I know, I mean, there's nobody that's watched as much. There's not a lot of guys that haven't that have seen as much Big Sky conference football 
uh, as I have growing yeah, up in that's Washington, and then and then like going through all that within other than guys like your brother who spend enough years in the conference. Content reminder: the opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone, and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests. <laughs>